Hello, and welcome to the Cleopatra's Bling podcast. I'm your host, Olivia Cummings, founder of the jewellery brand Cleopatra's Bling. In season two of the podcast, we are continuing to bring you interviews with the creatives and craftspeople that we love. In between episodes, we're also telling short stories in the form of mini-sodes, which give an insight into the historical and cultural practices that inspire our artisanal jewellery collections. These are researched and written by my small team, who are from the places where these stories originated and recorded from my home in Melbourne. Wherever you're listening, we invite you to join us in bringing tradition and practices from the past into the present day. Episode 1, The Mother of Cradles, Iset. If you travel along the route of the Trans-Siberian Railway, at a certain point you will notice that the lands on either side of the train are frozen over so permanently that the ground glitters with blue ice. Here, temperatures plummet to 60 below zero and the earth is crystallised year-round. This is the territory of the Urangai Saka, a people with Turkic ethnicity who herd cattle across what is known as the diamond heart of the region. If you were to stop here, you might be offered a glass of reindeer milk or be able to try a meal of salamat, a porridge made with horse fat. Although the Saka, or Yakut, as they are known to outsiders, have been heavily persecuted over the centuries, a number of traditional religious beliefs have survived. So chances are you may also hear the story of Iset, the soul bringer. Iset is said to have appeared from the world tree, which stood by a lake of milk. A pale young man was standing beside the tree. The goddess nursed him with her milk, and his strength grew 100-fold. This was her first act and an expression of her nurturing strength. The name Iset means birth giver or mother of cradles in the Yakut language. From a mountaintop house with seven stories, she travels to attend the birth of each new child. The labouring parent will channel Iset, calling her to their side, and asking for her assistance in relieving the pain of childbirth. Iset conducts the soul of new children from heaven to earth, and once the baby is born, she records its name in her golden book of fate, giving the child its destiny. Everything about Cleopatra's Bling as a label is built around connection, whether this be between the past and the present, different cultures and practices, or between our team and you. At the end of each mini-sode, I'll be answering a question submitted by you as a way of staying connected. I want to share what I've learned through years of making jewellery, growing a brand, immersing myself in history and being taught by the artisans that trained me in the art of working with gold, silver and gems. This week's question is from Zoltan, who is actually our podcast producer. Hey Olivia, I wanted to know what your relationship with jewellery was before you started Cleopatra's Bling. So I think I've always had a few special pieces in my collection of jewellery and trinkets as a child growing up. And I had rocks and, and crystals and things I would collect, you know, when I was camping with my family or at the beach. So I think I had a notion of precious objects that you would collect and keep 
that meant a lot to you sentimentally. And then growing up and sort of noticing, you know, the techniques of creating these precious objects, whether it's ceramics or painting, I think I was exposed to that through my family. And then when I moved to Paris at 18, I had like direct exposure to sort of the more European and old world way of having a collection of jewellery that stays in the family, that you invest in, that you keep for your whole life and pass on to your family. So then when I went to Istanbul, I met these artisans who opened up their world to me of the creation of jewellery. And because Istanbul is the seat of so many civilizations, there is so much information passed down, you know, from all of the empires prior to modern-day Turkey through the Ottoman Empire, Byzantium and the Roman Empire, all those um, empires. There were so many different techniques that have sort of accumulated into this modern-day style of jewellery and adornment, and I found it fascinating and really opened up my world in a way that I hadn't had in Australia because of, you know, the culture being very different in terms of collecting jewellery or precious things that you keep. Even the colour palette was different. There was a lot more gold and turquoise or gold and lapis, so a very rich colour palette. And then, yeah, my my world was rocked by that, pardon the pun. Um, and I just, yeah, I just kept exploring and reading more about the traditions of lost wax and then reading up on all the different kinds of stones that were available to me, you know, the most gorgeous uh, lapis lazuli from Afghanistan and turquoise from Iran, which I've never seen before in Australia. And I don't think they're really, ex we're really exposed to that very much here. So yeah, so it started, I'd say from a young age and then expressed itself, you know, my creativity, the medium was jewellery, but I think it could have been almost anything. I think when it turned into a business was really when I started investing a lot more time in the exploration of jewellery as a medium of adornment, especially because in the Grand Bazaar of Turkey, of Istanbul, there were so many different parts of the Grand Bazaar, which had, you know, antiques and relics, but I mean relics from like the Roman Empire. So I just really was exposed to things that I had never even imagined I could touch in real life, let alone buy if I wanted to. In Australia, there would be pieces in a museum, but I just had this, this whole world at my feet. And then I started, yeah, I started the brand from there. For the chance to have your question about jewellery making, creative practices, or whatever you are curious about when it comes to Cleopatra's Bling answered, drop us a line at hello at cleopatrasbling.com with the subject line podcast question. You can also send us your question in the form of a voice memo that we will edit into the podcast. Next time on the Cleopatra's Bling podcast. What I explained from the difference from a doula and a midwife, but I think too that there's a lot of confusion there, is a doula deals with women from the waist up and a midwife deals with women from the waist down. Okay. Um, <laughs> so a doula essentially helps families um, educationally, emotionally, and spiritually. Just direct them and support them in whatever they need, really. Until next time, stay curious. Thank you.